Welcome to the Gamers Over 50 podcast. This is episode three, The Settlers of Catan. If you have never played or never heard of The Settlers of Catan, there's a lot of information coming your way. If you have played, I bet I'm going to tell you something that you haven't heard about Settlers of Catan or something you may not know. The reason I wanted to pick Settlers of Catan out as a game is because it's huge. And I'm going to get into some of the statistics around how big it is, how many people or how many units have been sold, stuff like that. But if you've ever watched the bit, you know, the Big Bang Theory, um, I've seen it on some of the CW shows. I think it was actually on Flash um, last year. I have to think back when it is. But it is one of those games that is starting to become a quintessential like a Monopoly. And everybody played Monopoly as a kid. I think in a couple of years, almost everybody, at least in our neighborhood, will have played Catan. Because if you come to our house, you're playing some Catan. So let's go into a little bit of the history of what the Settlers of Catan is about. And actually, I'm going to give you a preemptive is it's no longer called the Settlers of Catan. It is just called Catan. So it's very cool uh, that it's evolved this way. But, you know, Settlers of Catan um, is a multiplayer board game designed by Klaus Tuber. And it was first published in 1995 in Germany. And I'm going to screw up the German. I'm so sorry. By Frank Cosmos Verleg or Cosmos as Die Siedler von Catan. Now, hopefully Mrs. Edashami, my ninth grade German teacher, isn't listening, but that's the best I got. Sorry. Um, but really what this is, you play a, a settler that is showing up to a brand new land. And each settler is having to build and develop, you know, and their their environment where they live, the roads they have on. And I'll get into that a little depth in depth while doing some trading and also acquiring results. Now, this is a dice game. So you roll dice to play that way. And then as you go through a new build and you trade and you acquire things, you start to uh, get points. So you gain points as you get, say, you know, from a settlement to a city, or if you get the longest roads, or you have the most, you know, largest army, stuff like that. So really what's interesting about this is, this is one of the first German kind of style board games. And there's a ton of strategy built into this. And and I don't want to you know, pigeonhole German people thinking they're strategic, but I do know a lot of folks who are German who are super strategic. Um, and I work for a German company, so I can actually say that. But, you know, this is really one of those games that got a lot of popularity outside of Europe. And part of that is because it's a little bit easier to say, and we're going to talk about why it's so fun next, but it's, it's just, it's an easier game. It's easy to grasp, it's easier to play. What's crazy about this though is 22 million copies of this game have been sold in 30 languages. So this is a universal game. This is just not a European game. It's not an American game. People are playing this board game all over the world. And when we get into the depth of how many versions are available out there and some of the different types of versions, it is just amazing. So kind of the reason why I think this game is so much fun and why I wanted to spend like an entire episode, in effect, talking about Catan, but also everything about it from the beginning, all as well as all the offerings they have, is it's a ton of strategy, which is fun. And as you know, if you're playing board games with friends, you want to do that, you want to compete against each other, you want to teach your kids how to compete. It's fun to compete against your parents or you know, friend, you know, older friends that come in. And it's an easy game to learn. This is the kind of game that after a meal, um, when we have friends over, we'll say, hey, do you want to play a game? And this is the first one that usually comes out. Uh, there are a couple of others that come out, and we'll, we'll talk about those in other episodes, but this is a Catan episode. Um, I've played this in less than 30 minutes, maybe like 28, 29 minutes. 
and it le- rarely has gone over an hour in a game. Those those are the games where everybody's having a good time, we're having fun. You kind of forget time's going along, and you can always find someone who has either played this game, and you know, if or you can find if you're in a group, you can find someone who's played the game or someone who knows about the game or has heard the game. Um, in effect, to, for me, you know, Monopoly is obviously this big game. It's been around forever. But since 1995, there really hasn't been a board game that's taken the world by storm, like like Settlers of Catan or Catan. And I equated it kind of like to Mario, because we really didn't know about Mario, right, till back 70s, late 80s, or late, well, probably mid-80s, something like that. Mario started coming around. I have to go back and do, we'll have to do a Nintendo episode, I guess. Um, maybe just a whole Mario episode. I know, I'm just teasing you guys, sorry. We'll really go into the the thought the thought of that you know this is a game that has been played by so many people but it's just so it's it's wide and it's open and huge amounts of uh, strategy can be played as well as it's fun and you know I've never left a Catan game being upset like you know Monopoly you're like oh I didn't hit the center you know I didn't get my free parking or you know if I play you know cards of or play you know backgammon I'm like oh somebody got double sixes or something like that. Catan's one of those games that it's fun while you're playing because you've invested some of your time in it and you're, you know, again. So, again, let's talk a little bit about the gameplay. So, in each one of these, you are a settler and you're on the island of Catan. Ha-ha. So, you're really trying to build, like I said, settlements. Then you build cities. You have roads that connect all of them together. So, they're talking, they're talking just basic Catan right now. And so... The game is set up with some outside uh, board game, and then there's hexa, hexa. Oh, I said almost hexadecimal, hexagonal tiles that you put in there. Sorry, I get too stuck at work some days. But you put these hex tiles in next to each other. Now you want to make sure that you're not putting like all the. And I will tell you about the four the tiles here in a second. But you want to put all similar tiles next to each other. And so there are five different types of tiles. There is wood. There are sheep. There is hay, there is stone, and there is brick. And they actually look like each other. And it's always fun. People will say, hey, I need some wood. Ha, ha, ha. That's a Big Bang Theory joke. So I probably didn't write that. I'm assuming Simon Helberg wrote it because Howard was the person I think assessed in that one. But really in this game, you start out with those hex tiles. And then you take a little circle number and you put the numbers together. And there are certain numbers that are red that you can't put next to each other. And as you go from this point of view, that's that's really where the game starts. That's setup of the board. You can set this board up probably in less than eh, I'd say three minutes. You know, you spend a, just a couple of time making sure there aren't things together. Now, what's kind of interesting is on some of the newer editions, there's actually a fixed layout in the manual that says this is exactly how you like to play. Okay, I'm all for people having the fixed layout. It's great. And, you know, there have been computer simulations to make this, you know, an even-handed game. You know, and this is what, you know, is recommended by beginners. And, you know, it's even out on Wikipedia. This is what to do. But I have some kind of joy in just tossing the tiles out there or asking someone to do it and then saying, here we go. And they're not being really any any kind of there's, – there's a newness to the game every single time. It's not a repetitive strategy at all. Um, you know, in, in the 2016 board games, they actually released a, uh, a version that had the fixed layout on the board, so you couldn't rearrange the hexes. Now, I always feel like that's like 
let's play Monopoly. You know where Baltic Avenue is every time. You know where Park Place is every single time. In Catan, you don't know where the wood and the brick are going to be next to each other, or if they're not next to each other, you can't you know, get a twofer for the roads and stuff like that. It makes it really difficult. All right. So you set set up of the board. Now, I talked about it way too much. It is super simple. I should actually do a video of how to set it up. It'd probably be 30 seconds. They probably have one on Catan, C-A-T-A-N.com as well. So after you do this and you put down your settlement or your your settlements, yes, and you have your road initially, you roll the dice, who gets to go first, and you randomly put your stuff on the board. Um, you're going to roll and you're going to hit a number. And in that number, you're like I said, you're going to get brick, lumber, wool, grain, or ore. And so as you're going through that, sorry, I had to make sure that the Amazon guy wasn't dropping something off and you guys getting dog barks. Um, but as you're going through that, you're going to get those resources. And for certain things, you need a brick and a wood to build a road. Or you need uh, three stone and two hay to go from settlement to city. But you, you just go through those types of things. You go through each turn and you build that. And, you know, two six-sided dice, you can roll them. If you have a dice dropper, you can get do that. And you just really go through this process. And what you're trying to do is gain points. So for each settlement, you get a point. Each city, you get two. The person who has the longest road gets two points. The person, and we'll get into resource cards in a second, has the biggest army. Great. All that type of stuff. Now, I did say something about resource cards. So additionally, you can turn stuff in to get a resource card. Now, a resource card could be something like I get a Monopoly, which steals all of one resource. So let's say player A has four brick, player B has five brick, I have a Monopoly card. Well, I now have nine brick. Okay. The other thing is you get night cards. So when you have the night card, it corresponds to another part of the game called the robber. The robber starts out in the center of the board, which is a desert at the beginning. Anytime a seven is rolled, whoever rolls it gets to move the robber. Now you move the robber onto a place where, let's say, player A is, and you get to steal one of player A's resources. Now, if player A and player B are on there, you get to steal one of either player A or player B's resources. Now, if you've got one of those night cards and becomes your turn, and let's say I have it on, I have the uh, one of my settlements is on a five, and I get that five, and I throw it on my night card with the robber on that five, I can move the robber anywhere I want and steal somebody's resource. So we have resource cards. There's a road building card in there. There's a, a card where you get two resources out of it. So really the gist of the game. I didn't want to get too in-depth on gameplay, playing each individual one, but it is fun to say when you have the robber. <coughs> Excuse me. Because a robber really is one of those pieces that can change the game. Because as long as a robber is on that five, anybody who rolls a five, I don't get anything. Or player A or player B, who has a city or settlement on there, does not get one. And the other neat thing is that you gain those resources. And let's say I roll a robber or roll a seven and the robber gets hit. And I have over seven. So let's say I have eight resources. When I somebody rolls it, I get robbed. That's why he's called a robber. And they have to take away four of mine. And there's actually a little tier. So if you had like 16, you're losing like eight, I think. I'd have to go back and look. But you're losing resources you do that. So you're gaining resources. You're spending resources. You're losing resources. 
you're gaining points. You can actually also lose points. So if you had the longest road and somebody builds a longer road, you lose a longer road top token. So that's what makes this a lot of fun. And again, the setup is so quick. The gameplay is quick. And every single time somebody rolls the dice, you want to see what that is. So you're not like, you know, when you're playing Monopoly and it's not your turn, you can look off. Or if you're playing, you know, their board game, I'm going to quit picking on Monopoly here today. But they'll say, you know, it's not my turn. I can go do something else. In Catan, you actually want to watch because let's say it rolls. Oh, there's something of mine. Now I have a new resource. Or let's say player A or player B wants to trade me something. I have to be engaged in this game. And what's the, kind of what makes the game go faster, which is really awesome, because a lot of games, you know, oh, let's get up and take a snack. You can do the same thing in Catan. But you probably don't do that and then say, okay, we're going to do that again in the next hour. You're already done with the game. You're probably on another game at that point. So that's what makes it a lot of fun. Now, the original goal to the game was 10 victory points. So that means you would have, you know, let's see, 10 settlements, which you really can't do. But you may have like, you know, two settlements and three cities and the road building card. And that equals out to 10. Easy enough to figure it out. But it's 10 points. It's super simple, right? Easy to follow along. It's easy to play, super gameplay. So, oh, and I forgot, there is one more resource card. There is a victory point card. So you could get victory points buying the resources. So that is the basis of Catan. And a lot of people play this game. I have played this game with all my kids. I have played this game with people who are significantly older than I. And this is the over 50 podcast, so you can get that figured out. I have also seen groups of people have a travel and just sit down. We're going to talk about some of the other versions of it. And it's one of the games that when we like, Let's say we go out to the coast or we're going to go, you know, to another house or we're on vacation or Christmas. We're going to, you know, families for Christmas. It's one of the Christmas. It's one of the few games we take with us. So, you know, it's really interesting how this game and we take it and people play it. And then we find somebody heading out the target to buy it. It's also kind of an interesting thing because it is so mainstream that you can get it at Target, you can get it at Walmart, you can get it on Amazon, you can get the game store. Game store is going to have all the expansions and extensions and a good idea to support your local game store or your local game cafeteria if you're or coffee house or bar. If you go in, I guarantee you they're going to have a copy of Catan in there. Guarantee you. All right. So gameplay, how you get it, why it's cool. We'll even get back into why it's cool again. So extensions and expansions. So after it was released, they came up and said, hmm. Let's add some stuff to it. So the original sports three to four players. In 1996, they had an extension that lets you have six players. So if you've ever played a three-player Catan game and you know it's going pretty quick, a six-player Catan game gets closer to that hour time, maybe a little bit over it, because when you have six people, it's just crazy. You've got stuff going everywhere in it. So, you know, that's actually really, really interesting, really neat um, to build into that. Now, there are also expansions. One of my favorites is, and this is the out to sea portion, is the Seafarers of Catan. And this is, again, a five to six player extension you can add on. What's cool about it, it was actually called Seafarers of Catan, not Seafarers, and uh, it was released in 1997. And it allows you to add ships so you can get out to out into the sea and go to islands. So if you ever play Catan, you notice there's like a blue sea around it. We well, add this to it. Now you can go out and get to the sea. 
and you can go out and see those things. So you're completely set to go out there and, and play out in the sea, move ships, build ship lines, make longer roads, which include boats uh, as well. So really cool. And it also had what we call gold producing hexes, which if it's a gold producing hex, it means you get to, when you you got build a city or a settlement on that, when you roll it, you actually get that any resource you want. So you don't have to just say, oh, oh this gold thing is just going to be stone. Let's say this time I need stone, but next time I need brick and next time I need to get myself, you know, hay or something like that. So love the boat part of this. And this is what really kind of blew Catan up with this. Next, <clears throat> and I labeled this thing, and I apologize, I got a little cold today. I, uh, I label this Knigget's. If anybody knows who a Knigget is, then you know your Monty Python. All right, but that was the second big expansion, was called Cities and Knights. And, you know, later on, it was called Catan, City and Knights. It was released in 1998, but it adds some interesting concepts that really blow up, including knights who have to defend your cities and settlements from invading barbarians. And that the barbarian thing is super cool and it's lots of fun, um, unless you don't prepare for it. And then it's not lots of fun when bad things happen. And then additionally, there are improvements that you can do for your city. So after you go from a settlement, you move to a city. Cities can do more things, right? So that was really a lot of fun when they came out. And it included three new commodities. So you had paper, coin, and cloth. Now, as this you know kind of expanded, now think about this. Maybe we play a seafarers with a regular game. Could we potentially add knights in? Spoiler, we're going to talk about that in a, bit, a little bit. All right. In 2005, there was a you know 10th anniversary uh, collector's edition of the base game and City and Knights, and it had 3D you know tiles. They were painted and playing pieces, so it was really cool. You might be able to find one of those out on eBay. Uh, probably going to cost you just a little bit of money for that. Now, City and Knights really was was taking the game up to, in my opinion, a medium difficulty. Early on, it's easy. I can keep up with things. Now I'm adding three more pieces. I've got knights. I've got barbarians that are coming after me. Ah, it makes the game a little more challenging, but a little more challenging makes it a little more fun. And it's a lot of fun if you're really sitting in one of those games, you have three or four people, and you're realizing that, oh, I will you know, uh, do some strategy and some trading over here with you. So it opens it up. Really, really opens it up. Now, the third, you know, real large uh, expansion was called Catan Traders and Barbarians. And this was released in 2008. So you can tell, right? So, you know, if we go back and we talk about, you know, you know, 1997, we got seafarers. And in 2005, we got, you know, we got uh, knights and, excuse me, cities and knights. I'm messing this all up already. And then in 2008, we got Traders and Barbarians. So you can tell this game's popularity grew because you went almost eight years and then three years before you got another um, release. But in this expansion, you basically have a lot of similar, or you have what they would call scenarios that are happening. So if you've ever played a game and it starts at a certain point, and you have to play from that point, like, you know, you have one settlement and two cities and one night, right? That That's kind of how the scenario starts. Really cool kind of stuff because it makes you think about how you play. 
the most important thing that came out of this, in my opinion, again, my opinion, I'm not going to say it's the most important, but it was huge, is that it came out with a two-player version. Now, if you want to play with your girlfriend, if your wife, if you want to play with friends, your next-door neighbor, whatever, you want to go to the park, play a game of Catan, totally you, you will be the coolest person in the park other than the person who has like the dog that listens and sits and does all that fun stuff. And, you know, they just sit out there with their dog. It's great. But, you know, really this made it so you could, two people could play the game. So you didn't have to bring a whole bunch of people together to play. Um, what's really interesting about this is, and I played this game by myself or with one of my dogs as one of the other players. And I thought objectively for them. They beat me every so often. Not a lot, but they did once or twice. But again, two people makes it so much easier. All right. Then we had the fourth edition. So there was a fourth edition released in 2007. New art, new frame. You know, it had a bigger box. You could put stuff in it. It was different in a lot of ways that made it a little more commercial. Get it out there and go ahead. Now, What's interesting is, and people kind of like the robber was changed, changed colors, and the soldier development card was named a knight. So when I said knights earlier, I should have said soldier development, but I kind of talk where we are today. So you had these knights. Now, there were fourth edition versions for all those expansions. I just talked about city and knights, seafarers, and then the five to six player extensions as well. All right. <clears throat> From there, we went through another expansion called Explorers and Pirates, because really we've been seafarers, right? And we have barbarians, we're not pirates, but we're in the sea, we need to have pirates. Pirates live in the sea. They still live in the sea, we have pirates today. And so this is really considered the fourth large, fourth large expansion, came out in 2013, and this was one that was based on the game rules, but also had a few new mechanisms, like ships are now equipped for ex expeditions that can move. So normally when you're playing in seafarer, you have to have a ship next to a ship, next to a ship, but exploring pirates, your ship could actually move, which is fun because your ship could go find stuff. Oh, there's something over there that I really need to get, or I want to bring something back. So let's talk about this. So I want to transport, say, you want to transport some of my settlers to build a new settlement on an island. And while they're over there on that settlement, I want to bring stuff back, such as you can bring back spices, or you can bring back fish across the sea, and all those you know, undiscovered places are out there. And this also included a Council of Catan's mission, which, you know, is a, which is considered the most skillful way. I'm going to steal from Wikipedia. It's really easy because they wrote it better than I would have, but it's considered the most, you know, skillful way to play. So your missions can also be varied. So first you have to go against the pirates that are coming after the coast, or you have to put you know, make your ships, equip your ships to go find the pirates, you know, and you and by, by winning, of course, like in every scenario, we always win fame and sometimes gold. That gold can be on a card or a board or a dice, or it could show up on our EXP sheet. But, you know, you win that fame. Now, while you're doing that, you can bring fish in. You can, you know, part of this could be who gets the most fish or who can bring the most fish back to your home island, you get rewarded. Um, additionally, that trading part of it could also be in there. So <clears throat> from that, that was the biggest one. Now, in 2015, 20 years, there was a whole new rebranding to where Settlers of Catan was no longer called Catan. So if you want a box that says Settlers of Catan on it, 
you own a box that was built before 2015. That's right. Now, that whole rebranding was great because it, again, blew up everywhere. It was, in fact, I think we've given a couple of, and I will talk about the different kinds of uh, uh, different games. We're going to talk about variants next, but, you know, we've, we've given our kids their own versions of Catan so that they kind of can be cool on their own. I really wish they make an all pink one because I have a daughter who really loves that. So maybe I will send that suggestion out. Uh, additionally, there are variants, and I talked about scenarios lightly earlier, scenario kind of being set up with things. So the variants were pretty cool. And they created historical variants, which are even cooler, like building the pyramids of Egypt or the expansion of Alexander the Great's empire. Additionally, uh, that was in 98 and 2001, they brought out uh, Trojan War variant or building of the great building of the Great Wall of China. Um, and I'm going to say this incorrectly, but the Siedler von Katten das Buch zum Spielen was published in 2000, and it contained rules and pieces for 15 new scenarios and variants. Now, <clears throat> here are some of the other, the new scenarios and variants. Atlantis. Was, it came out in 2005. So the Atlantis, Atlantis was a box set that had a bunch of scenarios and variants. And, and assume when I say variants, same game with a twist. Um, if you've ever seen a comic book that has a variant, there's like the main comic books, you know, on the front of it. But then they have a variant where another maybe artist does the cover or it's a different type of cover art. That's what we're talking about. So it's not changing of the game. It's just changing of the gameplay and making it a variation of it in effect. So, you know, in 2005, the box set with Atlantis had, you know, it was, and oh, I should say the scenarios were some of them were published, I think at game magazines and conventions, if I have done my research correct, um, such as the volcano and the great river, which I have not looked at, but I really need to go out and see those because I've thought about it a couple times recently. And then they also uh, included a deck of event cards which replaced the dice in the main game. So think about taking the dice out. Instead, we have events. So there's a less random of getting resources and a little more, it's going to be a trickle kind of in. So, you know, from that, the events cards were available standalone, but they've also been re-released in um, the Traders and Barbarians expansion. All right. So in... Cosmos and Mayfair and 99 Games released first standalone Catan Geographies in 2008. Um, so that we'll talk about some of those Catan Geographies in a bit because I'll tell you about which ones they have because I'm going to give you exact list of what they are. As well as in 2009, they created it, and I'm going to really mess up this German, Schatze, Drachen und Interdecker, or Treasures, Dragons, and Explorers was published. And this was a scenario pack for fans that included six new scenarios and the pieces to play them. It was really released in 2017, and the artwork from it was updated to match the 2015 fourth edition. And the only problem is it has not been published in English. So again, we need a pink version. And I'd like to see Shatta, Draka, und Entdecker, Treasures, Dragon, and Explorers please. So if you've heard that, we're good. All right. Additionally, we have Catan Oil Springs. Now, this was a couple of folks that weren't involved. So Mr. Tuber's not involved. But Eric 
I'm going to mess Eric's name up. Asadarian? Asadarian? I'm not going to say it right. And Ty Hansen basically created in 2011 uh, an expansion that helped us understand environmental issues and bring attention to them. Now, remember when I said Catan was like Mario? It's because it's changing. It's saying not only are we playing and we're expanding and growing and creating new things and new worlds, but we're also kind of taking a look at social things. And there are times when Mario does that as well. Not in his Mario Karts because they just use too much petrol and that's not cool. Uh, and they need to really think about holding off using all the gas. Maybe we'll do electric vehicles in the future. All right. So also we had the scenario Catan Frenemies, which was released in 2012. And so, you know, players and frenemies are rewarded uh, and they receive favored tokens for helping their opponents by moving the robber harmlessly, giving away resources, and connecting their roads to opponents' roads networks. So frenemies is like you're playing Catan and now you're being nice instead of putting the robber on your friend, which I think my family, if they ever knew the frenemies existed, would make us buy it. Hopefully they ever do. All right. Additionally, there was the Helpers of Catan as an expansion released in 2013. And so this is the computer opponent and the characters from PC and Mac games, Catan, Cities and Nights. Uh, they return in the scenario's helper cards. So if we're going to talk a little bit about the PC game, because that came out, City and Nights came out. and But you had these helper helpers that were in the game and now you have helper cards that they released out um, an example for the helper card for candomir allows a player who uses it to substitute any resource when buying a development card so instead of needing all right who knows okay i gave you a pause so you guys said then needing a stone a hay and a sheep i could use a stone a hay and a brick Ta -da. all right additionally and this is something i just recently found out but they have a lot of these you know expansions that you can combine with the main game and you can play. So there's a really good article about combinations out on the Catan, www.catan.com site. And so you can take some of these variants and scenarios and bring them together and including, and I'm gonna give them kind of on the list, the Helpers of Catan, Legends of the Sea Robbers, the Crop Trust, Frenemies, Oil Springs, Big Game, Big Honor. The regional editions, and I said I'd say something about the regional editions in a minute. Rickshaw Run, New England. It actually looks like New England. New York. It looks like New York. Thuringia, Penn, Jersey. It is Pennsylvania and New Jersey. It's okay. Austria, Delmarva, Bavaria. Hey, good figure that out. German game, Bavaria. Got it. Indiana and Ohio. Really? Indiana, Ohio? I mean, I'm originally from Kentucky, so I'm going to say, why not Kentucky and Tennessee? Um, maybe one day. North Rhine and Westphalia and Hesse. And if it ever would be a good idea, you could do like, um, you know, Washington State and Portland or Washington State. And we'll just take Portland, not Oregon, just Washington. Now we got to take Oregon. My brother lives there. Um, anywho, so you have these variants and scenarios. And I actually have seen people that create their own scenarios online. And so you type in scenarios, Catan, bam, you can even have some new scenarios. Again, this game has gone crazy big. The thought process when people are developing their own scenarios, their own variants within the game, it's huge. All right, so some of the additional, and these are standalone Catan editions, they're special, they're different, like the Game of Thrones Catan edition, 
for all the Game of Thrones fo folks out there. Uh, Catan, Rise of the Incas. One of my personal favorites, Star Trek Catan. Uh, I get to put my Mr. Spock shirt on when I play that game. Catan the Chocolate Edition. That is a big fan in our house, but we haven't picked it yet. Uh, Merchants of Europe, Settlers of America, which is really cool if you're trying to do some geography with your kids. Really cool, including like if you're doing the Penn Jersey one. Uh, it was interesting because I've lived in Pennsylvania and my kids, we, we played that and my kids are like, oh, okay, now I know where that is. And then you said you moved here and uh, some stuff. The Family Edition, which is very neat. And then Star Fairs. All right. Additionally, there is a game called The Rivals of Catan. This is a two-player card game. So again, another two-player game. And it's a card game. It's a board game. It's a card game. It's a board game. It's a card game. That's right. It's both. So it comes with a base game. And then they have some expansions. The Age of Darkness. The Age of Enlightenment. Special cards for Rivals of Catan. And even a card editor, which is on the site, that you can make your own card. Make your own card. You can create variants and pieces for your game. Huge fun stuff. And the Rivals of Catan is fun. I can actually play a game usually with my wife in about 15 minutes. So when we get bored or we're sitting around, you know, maybe we're waiting for something to finish cooking, want to do something instead of watching TV, pull that out. All right. So let's talk about a little bit. And I said this earlier when I travel with my Catan, because there is a Catan on the go. There's actually a traveler version. And if you're one of those folks that maybe you don't have enough space or you want to take something with you on vacation because, you know, maybe you're going to go skiing and you need something to do at night or you're going to go to the ocean and it's wintertime like people in the Pacific Northwest do all the time. You want to have something to bring back with you. You can play this Catan Traveler. And what's really awesome is, it may, or maybe you don't have a big enough table. That's the other thing is you can take that and, you know, Put the can basically pull it out. The pieces are all into it. So if you've ever seen a travel game, same thing there. Then the, there's the struggle of Catan. So this is a you know you have five different resources still, 110 cards, and then you actually will print out your sheets and you build going that way. Very cool. You could print out four or five of them. Maybe take them to the office unless you're me because I work for a German company and they manage all that stuff. Or run down to the copy center or print it at home, too. That's the other way. But you can print your little sheets out and do that as well. All right. There's also, remember, we're a board game. We're a card game. Catan the dice game. Board game, card game, dice game. Dice game, board game, card game. Card game, dice game, board game. All right. There you go. Those all combos. But there's a dice game for Catan, which is a lot of fun as well. And what's cool about it is not only can you build your settlements, your roads, and your cities, but you can also get your knights. And it doesn't mean that you have to put things on a board, but you, again, have a sheet that depicts a smaller version of the Island of Catan. This is a really good game because the dice are small. You can, you know, the paper obviously isn't going to be taking up too much space, but it really works. I actually uh, was just thinking about it right now as I used to take a train from Boston to New York every so often. This has been a great game because every so often I'd take it with somebody and we'd just sit there and we'd get bored and stare out the window. I'm like, dude, we could play Catan. Travel. Or the dance game. All right. I couldn't talk about Catan without mentioning Catan Jr. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, let's say you're older, you just have kids, or you just had a kid, or maybe kids two or three, and you're like, gosh, I want to play games with my kids when they're a little older. 
Um, I will tell you, Catan Jr., Trivial Pursuit Jr. are the two awesome games that live in our house. Our kids love to play. In fact, I'm probably going to be playing one here in about 10 minutes when my kids get home from school because it's just fun. We like to play a game in the afternoon. But Catan Jr. takes kids six and up, and they make it completely different. There really are no settlers. Instead, you create, you know, the role is you become a pirate, and you're building your hideouts, pirate layers. And you're doing this all over the island, and you're trying to see who can build more pirate layers. So it takes the game and, again, makes it fun. I mean, think about it. I mean, I probably started talking, I don't even know how long ago today for today's uh, podcast, but, you know, really taking it, you know, 36 minutes ago, I started talking about Catan, and I just gave you a new wrinkle 30 minutes in talking about a game. And that was after I have, there were like 30 other wrinkles into it. Makes it super awesome. Final piece, and we couldn't talk about board games without having an electronic version. All right, okay, so board, card, dice, electronic. I'm not doing it all the way through. Oh, or no, dice, electronic, board game, card. No, I won't just do it that way. But not only does Catan have one game, Catan Universe, that you can play against other people online or by yourself, you also have Catan VR, which is actually pretty interesting when I started thinking about this. It's like a VR game and, you know, like you're playing in VR. I've got to get a VR headset to play with that. Um, wink, wink, Oculus. You know, that would be a great way to sponsor this podcast. And I talk a lot more about VR games if you look me up. Um, but also Catan for the Nintendo Switch. So not only is this, okay, so we're going to do it again, right? Board, card, dice, electronic PC, console. Oh, and that electronic PC also includes tablet and phone. Ta-da. We have a game that covers every single aspect of gaming. That's why Catan is a huge game. Big, big, big time game. Um, really excited to playing it on the Switch. Although I'm a, I'm a purist, I love playing the board. I love setting the board up. I have the randomness with my kids and stuff like that. And my wife, it's just fun. All right. <clears throat> So we talked about all the types of Catan, the variants, the scenarios, the expansions, the extensions, the different types of games, board, card, dice. We still go on on this one. Do we add travel travel game in there too? Electronic, VR, there, Catan is on every type of game. If you like to play games and let's say you want to play Catan on your Switch, I'm sure it's probably going to be on Xbox and PlayStation soon enough. But let's say you're the best Catan player in the neighborhood. No, no. Let's say you're the best Catan player in your city. Guess what you can do? You can go play tournaments. But Catan isn't just that. They have events, too. In fact, they have what they call the big game. And if you heard in the second podcast, no, the third, the last podcast, I talked to people who were talking about world's largest games or world's largest game of Catan. Well, guess what? In 2013, or sorry, in 2005, 816 people played Catan. However, in 2013, at Gen Con in Indy, Indianapolis, United States, 922 people played Catan. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. 922 people played. Now, go on and do a Google or Bing search of that. And you see the board is long. It's huge. And they randomly rolled the dice up ahead. And, and, you know, people were playing across boards. Huge deal. 
came out, Mayfair Games, Hans Catan, was honored with the Guinness World Records. Kind of a big deal, right? It's it's huge that 922 people played a game that we all play, the 22 million of us play in our houses and stuff. <clears throat> Additionally, we talked about socially, Catan is changing things where they're bringing social issues out and you know environmental issues. They also had the Catan rickshaw run and they went on a 3,000 kilometer tour across India. And I'm going to screw this name up. No, I'm not. It's really easy. They did this for the Child Aid Network. And they went across talking about it, playing it, introducing people to Catan, raising money for the Child Aid Network. Again, really amazing thing that they went out. All right. So Catan on Gen Con is called, is, is basically, it's a regular visitor on the biggest event in tabletop gaming. So they are always a Gen Con. So if you can get to Indianapolis, but they're also at a lot of your local conventions, board game convention, they are packs. <clears throat> they will be at OrcaCon, uh, which is coming up in January here in the Seattle area. Actually, it's in Bellevue, where they will be having a tournament. Now, talked about tournaments early on. What if you could be on the United States Catan team or the Canadian Catan team or the Bahamian Catan team or the Portuguese, Portugal's Catan team or the South African Catan team? You can. There are tournaments all over the world that play up to the two people or so that are going to the Catan and there are opportunities at lots of game cons. In fact, if you go out to Catan.com, they got a list of them. Find the one that's near you. Give it a try. I may actually try at OrcaCon because I love Catan that much. I really love playing this game so much that I may go. All right. going. We're almost done, I promise. Catan Masters. This is an invitational that they run at Gen Con. So if you go to Gen Con, you can also play in the largest Catan game. And you can play in the Masters tournament. You can try to get in there. Now, there are a couple, just two more little things I want to talk about. The coolest thing that I've heard now, and this is kind of the brand newest thing, is they have a Catan escape room. I also would like to call this my wife's thought after we've played our third or fourth game of Catan in a row. When she's like, let's play Backgammon, or let's play uh, Blackjack, or let's play you know, one of the games she likes to play. We actually play blackjack against each other. It's 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 hilarious because we feel like I'm ten years old again playing war with my brother. Um, but it yeah you know really you have this escape room and they built this in Frankfurt Germany. Um, what's really interesting is children from six to fifteen can come to this with their parents. Fifteen and over, sixteen I guess and over you know go that way. Uh, and you can you play yourself out of a room in Catan, which is probably similar. There's some challenges maybe to the true dungeon we talked about in uh, in our last podcast. Last but not least, the Catanathon against cancer. I just missed this. It was on October 11th. Now, I'm going to be saving the date for next year, but it is when people get on and play Catan. And when you make donations, the people playing Catan on Twitch, we'll get high fives and shout outs from the player, and they will give the robber a name of choosing and call it that for the remainder of the game for donating money for cancer. How is that not cool? 
That is so cool. Again, hitting the social issues. It is becoming the fabric of our world. Catan. I love it. You'll love it too if you've never played it. Again, if you've listened to the song, you, I hope you run to your game store. I hope you're in the Target. I hope you get a copy of Catan and play it. All right. Last little bit. I want to talk about stuff you can buy on Catan. CatanShop.com, where I can get a Lord of Catan t-shirt, and I probably will be asking for one of these for Christmas. That way I can wear it, wear it when I'm playing. Additionally, let's say you have a Catan and you lost some cards, you can get new cards. And you can get all the games and the expansion packs and everything like that. All right. So I've talked about this, you know, Catan game review, five star across the board, thumbs up, yay, cheers, stand. We're going to do the wave. We did the wave. Um, I don't really have anybody else, but my, my dogs are doing the wave. They're half asleep. But really, you know, the crazy thing is this is a game that, like I said, everybody should have. Like I grew up having a Monopoly in my house. Everybody should have a copy of the Sellers of Catan. If you have kids, it teaches them strategy. It teaches them economics. It teaches them, did I make a good decision here? Can I fix that decision? Can I come back from that? It is easy to set up. It is easy to put away. The same amount of time it takes to set up. It's actually, it takes about another minute to put away because everybody's just sitting there going, oh, I wish we weren't done. You can play this in a coffee house. There are game coffee houses. Go find one. You can play it on the road. You can play it on the internet. You can play it on your Switch and VR. It's everywhere. They're going to be creating new scenarios. Go out, like I said, Google and Bing for cool scenarios. If you want to try to play Catan and make it just a little bit different to start with, I mean, it's like Speed Monopoly, there's Speed Catan as well. This is a great gift for someone who does not have this game. Birthday, Christmas. Um, hey, it's Tuesday. You need the board game. Get them a board game. Get Catan. This is such an awesome game. It is up there, like I said, with Monopoly. And I thought about it. Trivial Pursuit. Everybody has Trivial Pursuit. You should have a Catan as well. With that, next week, I'm going to go back to a little bit different, not beyond one board game at all. But I was having a conversation with someone, and Catan came up, and we said, you got to do this on Catan. Um, so, Wayne, that one's for you. And talk to everybody later, and look for a new podcast within the next week. Thanks.